0: Hey everyone, good afternoon. My name is Ramon Way and thanks for listening to another amazing interview with an entrepreneur and we're going to learn from her how to grow your business. So Anne-Marie, thanks for joining us today on the podcast line.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you You're about You're welcome. Entrepreneurship.
0: Indeed, I can hear the excitement and energy in your voice <laughs> and your smile. <laughs> it- It it telegraphs. So, and Marie, let's dive right in. What's the name of your company and what problem are you solving? You notice everybody says, oh, our company's name is Zoom or Fox or whatever the name of the company is. But what's the name of the company? But really more importantly, what problem are you solving? Tell us a little bit about the company and yourself.
1: Well. Sure, absolutely. I'm a normal, multi-passionate entrepreneur, meaning I have a few different hustles going always. But my main company is called Brambleberry Handcraft Provisions. And Brambleberry solves the problem of how do I make my own bath and body products at home in a way that's more cheaper and more affordable than what I can get in the store and make better products. And so Brambleberry sells about 2500 different raw materials to small crafters or Across the country, we have anywhere between sixty and 80,000 different customers every single year, and they are all kitchen chemists. They are crafting their own nail polish, eyeshadows, soaps, lotions, bath fizzies, and more in their own homes. And some of them do it just for themselves, friends, and families. Others of them do it as small businesses. And so the people that you see at the farmer's markets, the soap makers you see at Whole Foods, Many of them will be our customers. So I sell coconut oil. I sell clays. I sell sugar. I sell uh, salts. I sell everything you need to be a do-it-yourself kitchen chemist.
0: I love that do it yourself kitchen candles, and I love the fact that people can do this for themselves. As you said, my wife probably would be one of your customers. She makes REITs uh, by hand and sells them online, or and or they can make them and sell them others. I love it, and and it's interesting you said this. So everybody pretty much buying this, you know, when you're talking like a Seth Godin would say, a marketer or targeting your customer, you have to like crafts pretty much to do it. Ramon Ray, who's not into crafts, probably not your customer. But if you love crafts, love building things, putting things together that's probably the person you and, and, and Marie is looking for. Am I about right in that or no?
1: You know, our big goal is to be a partner with you on your creative journey. And so I really think that creativity is essential. And I think that everybody has a little do-it-yourself kitchen chemist inside of them, whether they know it or not, because there's something so <laughs> deeply rewarding about making useful things. So when you end up with a bar of soap, Everybody takes showers. Everybody bathes. And so it's a deeply useful piece of functional product that you've made. And, and it's surprisingly easy. So to answer your question, no, I don't think you have to be a hardcore crafter. I do think that making soap or making your own nail polish or making your own candles is one of those things that, like, you don't wake up one morning and be like, I think I'm going to make my own candle today. It's rather right, right. you go to the store, <laughs> you see the $30 candle, and you think – I wonder if I could make this, right? Uh, so, So it's definitely part of a crafting journey. And I think everybody, everybody can do it, whether or not you've ever made anything in your life. I love it. And guess what? If you had
0: talked talk to my wife, I must say, Anne-Marie, one thing she'd disagree about everybody takes showers, she'd say, well, my husband doesn't take them enough. So, hey, anyway, maybe that's TMI, but uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a warrior sometimes. But, Anne-Marie, let's talk about yourself and your journey. Uh, how did this start? Uh, tell us how you came into this, and, and, and what's, who, who's Anne-Marie? Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: <laughs> so, a little bit about myself is that I've always been deeply crafty. I've always been an entrepreneur. I was selling Russian dwarf hamsters when I was in high school, and started selling soap when I was 18 years old, and now fast forward, fast forward a couple decades, and I have two children, uh, 95 employees, and my husband's also an entrepreneur, and I originally started out thinking I was going to be a correctional officer. I have Interesting.
0: A- whoa, 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 slow down, slow right? down. <laughs> let's, let's say that sentence again. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: Well, and I, so I have this deep. Passion for helping people. I've okay. since I was a little girl. Like my dad used to take me on mission trips, and and something about the correction system and uh, being called to serve really led me to become a correctional officer. Right when I graduated from college, so my degrees in corrections with an emphasis in psychology, and or my degrees in psychology with an emphasis in corrections. And I worked medium security prison, and I worked minimum security prison, and what I found was that it wasn't a great fit when I got right into it because that cycle of poverty, abuse, despair, despondency felt so overwhelming to me that I realized that I was going home every single night and I was making soap. I was making bath fizzies. I was making... And to and clarify, and meaning...
0: You, you seeing that in the people you were caring for, you seeing the, the despair yeah. and poverty. Okay, got it. Go ahead.
1: Well, and, and the despair, the poverty, the cycle, right? Like anybody that I was working with in the medium security prison, none of them had ever been given a fair chance in life, right? Their dad had been in jail, their mom was a prostitute, their uncle had abused them. They had moved, they were homeless when they were kids and so they had missed the entire first Mm -hmm. three years of schooling and so then they couldn't read and when you can't read, you can't get a job. Like everybody's story was so deeply uh, sad and pained me so much that I was going home every night and finding the solace in this creative outlet of making, again, deeply useful things. So, bath fizzies, toiletries and more, and before long, I, was, I realized I had a, more soap that I could do anything with, and so I went to a craft show. And at the age of 20 years old, with no degree, no, like no business degree, I sold $1,500 in cash
0: wow, of soap wow. for
1: toiletries. And that's when the kind of light went off in my head, and I thought to myself, hey, wait, I could do this for a living, and more importantly, I could teach other people to do this for a living and so i quit my job as a correctional officer i put fifteen thousand dollars on the credit card at the age of 20 because back then credit was a lot easier than it is yes
0: now. yes and i love the hustle i love the hustle you you, you do it people tell you cannot be done or that you didn't know better go ahead
1: <laughs> well you know and it's it's true i i of course didn't know better my parents were a little bit horrified when i quit my job to sell soap on the weekends and then teach people how to make Soap during the week. And so for about the first five to seven years of Brambleberry, I would sell soap every weekend under Anne Marie's Soap Works was the company. And I'd go to craft shows and I would make soap in the evenings. Sell soap on the weekends at different craft shows in a four-state radius, and then during the week I would do brambleberry and brambleberry sold wow. these raw materials and then taught people how to make soap. And so I did the hustle. I worked the multiple jobs. I did all of that for years and years.
0: Wow. And then how do we get to then today? I know there's so much in between, and I can't wait to read your. I can't wait to read your book. Hint, hint. Um, uh, if you don't have one already. But let's talk about I do, them. talk. I do. Oh, you do? Okay. Well, is it do, related yeah. to the conversation? Tell us the name of it. it Come on. Oh, you tell.
1: Absolutely. So I, I wrote this book this year. It was published from Forbes, and it's called Live Your Best Day Ever 35 Strategies Love it. for Daily Success. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at bestdayever.com. And it is just 35 bite-sized strategies on literally how to change your mindset, how to live your best day ever every day, no matter what your circumstances are. And every strategy is between 3 to 10 pages long. Again, they're very bite-sized. They're very digestible. And they have a business application and a personal application in every single chapter.
0: I love it. I love it. So now you're at 95 employees. From having one employee yourself – Give us the digest version of how you grew to that, but more importantly, what we can learn. I'm sure in between there are things about technology, things about marketing, things about hiring, things about team building. We could probably talk for hours, and we should. In fact, I want to have you at one of my events to speak about this. But give us some, some, what are the two, one, two, three big rocks that you say, Ramon, here's how I did it. Is there something like that you can share with us so we can learn how we can grow our businesses as
1: well? Absolutely. So as you know, business is often a lonely journey and I would say one of my biggest kind of it's not a secret to success. many people have said it -- is to stand on the backs of giants and others that have gone before you. And so that phrase, "Leaders are readers," is, a really, mm-hmm. is a, such a strong theme in my life, because when I was starting out, I didn't know what I was doing. And I would look for mentors, but you know, it's, it's difficult to find mentors out there that have the time to help you. And so instead what I did was I read books and I listened to podcasts, and I, I went to events. You know I've been to the Jack Canfield Summit. And, and the Mike Dooley Summits and, and learned about business and how to change your mindset for success from people who were doing it already because everybody out there right now that's a success is giving interviews they are writing books. They are doing absolutely, the podcast, absolutely. Right? If If someone just went to your website and read through everything that was there or listened to all the podcasts, they would basically have a little mini master's degree in business right there and a master's <laughs> well, degree you, that was deeply you. practical, right? It's practical. And so the first thing is surround yourself with people that are better, that are doing more impressive things than you are, and they don't have to be literal figurative people that are surrounding you, they can be books. They can be the Richard Branson's and the Oprah's of the world because all of those people have written down their secrets to success. And so Absolutely. learning from people that have done it is like my number one thing because no one starts out good at business. I can't, I mean. They, that, that is so true. <laughs> no so one true. starts out. Um, and then the second thing is to hire people that are smarter than you. It is so, entrepreneurs are so uh, gosh, greedy, when it comes to doing everything themselves, right? We're terrible at delegation, and arrogant, arrogant, right? We always can do it better. We can always do it faster. But then there comes a day when a deficiency is exposed. And when that happens, hopefully you have hired people that are better than you. One of my earliest hires, um, like number seven in the company he started he's still with me today he's been with the company 14 or 15 years now, and I am so lucky that he started with the company when he did because he is so much better at details than I am in terms of finances, and he is mm-hmm. so much better at things than uh, like in terms of hiring and firing, for example, than I am. And the, one of my main people that helps me with marketing has been with me over a decade as well because she was so much more talented with marketing than I was. And so really getting serious about what you're genuinely not good at or genuinely like someone else should be doing is I think one of a key, a key for early success because we all want to mm-hmm, do everything mm-hmm. ourselves. But the reality right. is, is if you read Tim Ferriss's 4-hour work week, or you go through the Jack Canfield exercise of figuring out where your highest and best use is for the company, things that fall below the line, or even Brendan Burchard, he had it in one of his recent books as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. If you figure out what you should not be doing so that you could free up your time to do the more important things and then hire out, Those other things, again, hire out people that are smarter than you and better than you. That's another big, like, it's not a secret, but that's another big reason that I think Brambleberry has been successful is because my team is genuinely better than I am. And together, we're an unstoppable force.
0: And Anne-Marie, let me ask you, what is your secret sauce? What things, if I can word it this way, do you do better? And the longer question I guess what I'm getting at is, I agree with, your, with the rules you're making, of course, as well. But I, are there things that you'd say, you know what, I'm pretty much the best person in this, so I have to keep doing it, which would go against what we want to do because you can't scale. So help me, help us understand, A, what's yes. your special skill set, yeah. Anne-Marie, and then how to scale with things you're very good at, but you still need to hire somebody because you can't do everything.
1: So that's such a good question, and it's one that actually we're really tackling at Brambleberry right now. I run a really popular blog called SoapQueen.com. I'm the self-described Soap Queen. I also have a YouTube channel with over 100 free videos at Soap queen TV and over 18 million views. And if you see me on SoapQueen.com or you see me on Soap queen TV, you realize that my special sauce is that I can talk and demonstrate at the same time. Mm, mm. And that is actually really hard, right? The Rachel Rays of the world, there's a reason why there are cooking competitions because talking while doing is really hard. And I'm excited about it. I agree, I agree. It it. But what that also means then is if I am the spokesperson for the company, well, can I ever sell my company? How do we scale that? That doesn't scale, that doesn't scale at all. I can't sell this company Mm -hmm, ever mm. if I'm the centerpiece of the company. And so right now, because your greatest strength when overused becomes your greatest weakness, it's the same thing with that special skill. If I am always in front of the camera, and I'm never giving anybody a chance to also be in front of the camera, make mistakes, develop their own audience, well, then I am making myself a prison, and I Mm, am always going to be in this company. And so right now what we are working on as a team – is deliberately creating space for other people to do more things within the Soap Queen brand and, the, and Soap Queen TV. And so it might be a few years before you see anybody else besides my face on the Soap Queen TV channel, but we're working on, a, we're working on that transition because I really want to have a company that is able to scale and appeals to a wide variety of people, not just people that are interested in seeing me, but also interested in seeing people that have other diverse viewpoints on all those different channels. And, and I love that advice. Thing,
0: Please, uh-huh. go ahead. Thank mm.
1: you. Oh, I was going to say, and the, the other thing I think that I'm really good at and, and is, a, is like a special gift is the kind of power of persistence and the power of that daily, boring, monotonous, routine. Um, So when there was a professor of mine that told me, he said, Ann Marie, you seem like a robot, you are just (laughs) like, have some fun, be spontaneous. But what he didn't understand is that by doing the same routine every day, that I was able to free myself up to be spontaneous even more, because I had already gotten the essentials out of the way already. And I knew exactly what I'd be giving up if I wanted to blow something off and be spontaneous. And like checking those boxes and doing the same daily habits, right? Simple stuff, right? Get up early, center yourself by reading a really great business book, meditate, floss, use your sonic hair toothbrush in the morning. Like all of those very <laughs> yes, boring yep. basic things lead to a great life over time. And so that's another thing that I really internalized at a young age, and I'm so lucky that I did.
0: I love it. Any more advice you wanted to give? I know we broke in there and got on the aspect of what you do best, but you talked about get a mentor. You talked about uh, hire people better than you, can help you scale. Anything else, in case there were more things. I just didn't want you to lose track if you had more, uh, as I say, dropping science. Anything else you wanted to add to that list?
1: Definitely one really big piece of advice I always have for entrepreneurs is that quitting your day job is not always the answer. It's so romantic to be like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to be an entrepreneur and it's going to be wonderful and the birds are going to sing and no more yucky bosses for me. But the reality is, is that being an entrepreneur is harder than it sounds and that customers don't always come right away. This concept of overnight success is just, it's a myth. It just doesn't happen. And every single successful entrepreneur that you ever see out there, um, you will have seen that when you really dig into their story, it was a decade of struggle or it was a decade of hustle. It wasn't this overnight, all of a sudden I'm Uber and I'm worth a billion dollars success. And so keeping your day job for longer than you think you should is often a great way to give yourself enough runway so that when you do eventually quit that job, it's not I only have three months of money in the bank. It's you have a longer runway. And so doing your job, your your hustle, your, your passion project in the nights, in the evenings, in the weekends is a great way to build up your company while you still have the security of a job job during during the day and you know the average american watches four or five hours of tv a day that is enough time (laughs) to start a part-time business
0: I'm so glad you said that. I used to work at the United Nations, Anne-Marie, before I was let go, fired, or resigned. depends on how you want to look at it. And you're so true. Uh, people often think, you know, it's, it's easy. It's not. And as Dave Ramsey says, what, I think he's been in business 20-something years, 25 years, he says, you know, we're a 25-year overnight success. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's so true. Yeah. In that it? Absolutely. it, it, it it's, it's so true. Um, Anne-Marie, this has been epic, epic. I, I definitely, not to have you back, I definitely want to connect with you to have you at an event. But anything else, why, before we close, why don't you just share this one more time, your company uh the url how people can find you oh and i want to leave you with a challenge when you guys are ready on what is it called soap tv is that the name of the channel is it soap Soap queen tv TV, when you want to have non-crafts people on your show you can have me as guest number one we'll have some fun i'm not a crafts guy i'm not into soap arts and crafts but we can have fun like when you maybe you teach non-crafty people every every other episode how to make soap that'd be fun i think so
1: Oh, that would be so fun. Yes, people can find – so if people want to learn how to make soap, it's soapqueen.com, soapqueen.tv. If you want to buy supplies and ingredients to make your own products, it's brambleberry.com. And then you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram, and my handle is Come make With Me. So literally, come make with me. Uh, that's me on Instagram and Twitter, and then Brambleberry is just at Brambleberry on Instagram and Twitter. And so you'll you'll see that Brambleberry posts a lot of great, inspiring soap and finished products, and the I post a little bit of personal stuff, a little bit of motivational stuff, and a little bit of what I'm making right now. And what I'm making often is not soap. Uh, I do a lot of cheese making, kombucha making, yogurt making, bitters making, candles. I do lots of different fun things. So you can always catch up with me in those places.
0: Listen, I love it, and I'm so glad we met. You've been a breath of fresh air. You're dropping science on us, so thank you very much. And Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Ramon Ray, and thanks for listening to another exciting podcast.